Hey everyone, uh, just a quick note for this week. Um, we won't have a traditional episode because I'm actually delivering a paper at the 2022 Psychology and the Arts Conference. And uh, I've been kind of editing it and rewriting and writing again and making it worse. Like everybody does when they go to these conferences, you always write something brilliant, always brilliant. And then you you read it and you go, yeah, that doesn't make sense to anyone else but me. So I'm going to have to edit this, you know, so that it's uh, readable for the rest of the human race. Uh, so I, I've been doing a lot of editing and trying to make things fit. So I, I couldn't ha have the time to actually edit a, a podcast episode. Um, the title of my paper, though, because I actually wanted to, to let you know kind of what I'm writing about here. Let me just bring it up really quick. The title of my paper is Breaking Through the Neo-Modern Despair, How the Marvel Cinematic Universe Produced a Moment of Awe. And just to kind of let you know what are the, the goals for my paper here, what I'll be delivering. Um, my paper today has three goals. First, I want to give some sense of where we currently stand on the study of awe. Secondly, I want to establish what I mean when I say neo-modern despair. And finally, I want to break down this scene from Avengers Endgame in order to better understand how this moment is constructed and specifically why it elicits awe. Now, the scene, which I didn't read the entirety of my introduction there, but just kind of the ending, the kind of theses, if you will, of the paper. The scene I'm talking about in Endgame is when Captain America finally is holding Mjolnir in his hand. And, you know, if you go on YouTube and you search for theater reactions of Captain America and Mjolnir, it's pretty amazing. All over the world, theater is going absolutely insane. And as you've heard me mention probably too many times on this channel even, the spark of my study for this was actually my student who was telling me that he was crying at this moment. And then I had other students in the class as well who were saying they were moved to tears. So the purpose of this paper is to try to figure out how did Marvel get people to be moved and to be in this sense of awe at this moment. And so my paper kind of looks at how did they do it, which I believe I do understand how they did that, and what it produced in people, and particularly how the Marvel Cinematic Universe, those first three phases could actually be used as a kind of model to hopefully help a lot of people today, more specifically, our young adults, Generation Z, those born between 1997 and 2012, basically, um, because all indicators are that they are in a very bad way mentally here, psychologically. And if you read the literature on awe, you know, by people like Keltner and Haidt, what it does is it, it creates a phenomenological answer to a question that we keep trying to use intellect and philosophy to answer, and you just can't do it. Essentially, my, my argument here is that we cannot rationalize ourselves out of this neo-modern despair that we're feeling right now. It must be experienced. We must have a phenomenological method out of our despair. And there are multiple ways that you can do that, multiple ways that you can induce this feeling of awe. 
You can do so through nature. You can do so through some kind of vast, you know, grand experience. You can do so through language, really, a, a beautiful speech, right? A moving speech can create awe within you. And I also believe that a return to meta narratives, things like superhero stories or any stories with with great individuals, and I don't mean in the necessarily in the moral sense, but just great, vast, you know, characters. I believe that that is something that we are really underutilizing right now. We should be doing a lot more work with grand narratives. Postmodernism is dead. We really need to move on from it at this point. So that's essentially what I've been working on. What I'll do is I will finish this up in the next couple of days, get it so that it's it's readable for the human race. And then I'll actually record myself reading it as an, as an episode for the next week, because just to give people a sense of where I'm going with my studies right now, with my research, and also because this is going to be a, a chapter in my book, essentially. Now, you should know, though, for anyone who's ever you know, done these conferences, you'll, you'll understand what I'm about to say. These papers have to fit within a parameter of a 15 to 20 minute presentation. That might sound like a lot, but it ain't. It's really actually quite short. In fact, currently my chapter that I'm writing with this is at about 20 pages and I'll probably add a, maybe five to seven more. But my conference paper is right at 20 minutes and it's only 11 pages. So I had to hack this thing down really. And you know, my hope of course is that I didn't hack it down so much that I lose the essence of the argument. That's something you're always worried about when you go to these conferences is that you've taken out so much that people, you know, kind of look at you like, well, wait a second, what's, what's your argument here? I don't think I've done that, but it's a possibility. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll read the conference paper, though, so you can get a sense of where I am with my studies. And, and if you have any interesting thoughts, let me know. All right? On a sad note, I just received word this morning. Jonathan Haber, who was a guest on my podcast, he's actually the um, first episode of, of the second season. We talked about critical thinking. He passed away, um, I think they said yesterday. I would just like to say I'm, I'm always thankful for the people who come on my show because time is the most precious resource we have, um, more so than anything else. And I actually used stuff that we discussed in that episode in my classes to help connect with my students more and help to get them to think more clearly and critically. But, and Jonathan and I actually talked about this a little bit, I think, after the episode, so it wasn't recorded. But one of the reasons why I wanted to have him on is because I'm a big believer in critical thinking, not just as a, as a method for improving rationality. But I really do believe that if we improve our communication, we improve our relationships 
with each other. And so I'm very thankful to him for that. And I'm very sorry to his family as well. All right. So next week, I'll, I'll record in between now and, and then. I still have a couple of edits I have to make to this paper. I would record it now. Um, I'll record it, and then I'll, I'll post it up as an episode next week, and then we'll return to our readily, uh, readily scheduled, regularly scheduled, I should say, um, episodes for the podcast. Okay, I've got some great interviews actually already kind of recorded and, and waiting to go, so I'm excited about those. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your week, and I will speak to you all again soon.